On the TV show Star Trek, the Vulcan science officer, Mr. Spock, was incapable of telling a lie. Even when a little white lie would have helped get himself out of a jam, he told the truth. In American folklore, it is said that George Washington could not tell a lie, and so when his father asked him who chopped down the cherry tree, young George fessed up. Unfortunately, most of us cannot make that claim for ourselves. We're plenty able to lie, and we do from time to time. In this Groundwork program, we come to the second to the last of the Ten Commandments, and its bottom line is pretty simple. Don't lie. Stay tuned. Welcome to Groundwork, where we dig into Scripture to lay the foundation for our lives. I'm Daryl Delaney. And I'm Scott Jose. And Daryl, this is program number seven of an eight-part series on the Ten Commandments. And we can do Ten Commandments in eight programs because we did the first three in just one program. So now we're up to the Ninth Commandment, and it traditionally is worded this way. You must not bear false witness against your neighbor. So the witnessing uh, brings up kind of a court feel to it, um, testimony and witness and on the stand. And do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth? Do not perjure here. Tell the truth. But I think it's important for us to understand that bearing witness is not just to be thought about in that setting. It's supposed to be the life that we live as believers. We're supposed to tell the truth. That's who we are. Exactly. I have never been called to testify in court, and I may never testify in court. Most of us don't. Uh, some of us do, but most of us don't. But that doesn't mean this doesn't apply to us. right? As you just said, this is to be our life. We are to be known as truthful people. And, you know, throughout the Bible, we know that God himself is the ultimate truth. And to follow that God, therefore, means to value the truth. So listen to these words from Psalm 15. Lord, who may dwell in your sacred tent? Who may live on your holy mountain? The one whose walk is blameless, who does what is righteous, who speaks the truth from their heart, whose tongue utters no slander, who does no wrong to a neighbor and casts no slur on others. I think it's important that the character of the person is being named in this psalm and they speak it from that character. They speak the truth. They speak the honesty that is required of a believer. And God wants to be in fellowship with the truth because he is truth. And as believers, that's going to be why this bearing false witness against your neighbor is so bad, Scott. Exactly. He speaks the truth from the heart, right? And the heart in scripture is the core. That's the core of who you are. So that character thing you just mentioned, Daryl, is exactly right. You just are a truthful person. And, you know, in the Sermon on the Mount, which we've come back to many times in this Ten Commandments series because Jesus kind of ticks through the Ten Commandments and kind of expands on them, deepens them, reveals the root of them. Jesus addressed this in Matthew 6, verse 33. Again, you've heard it said to people long ago, do not break your oath, but fulfill to the Lord the vows you made. But I tell you, don't swear an oath at all, either by heaven for it's God's throne or by the earth for it's his footstool or by Jerusalem for it's the city of the great king. Don't swear by your head. for You can't even make one hair white or black. All you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond that comes from the evil one. You know, what's interesting about this passage is that James picks it up. In his book as well, oh yeah, making sure that he actually heavily borrowed from the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus being his brother and all, and then the leader in the church. 
when I was a kid, they would say, well, I swear, I swear to God, I yeah. promise this. I'll put this on my mom. And the new kids today, they say, on God. I'll put that on God. Oh, really? So they, they're trying to make sure that you understand that they're telling the truth. And because our word, because of so many lies, has become very meaningless over the days, even when you're buying a house or whatnot, you have to sign paper after paper after paper to make sure that you're liable for what you wrote because our word has become cheapened by the lies that we have told. And I think that we need to understand as a believer, our yes should be yes and our no should be no. So don't clutter up your talk, Jesus says, with all these flourishes that are meant to bolster your credibility. Honest to God, just say yes or just say no. Anything else is double speak. Anything else, and he says it comes from the evil one. Whoa, that's Zanger. putting it pretty starkly. You should be known as a believable person. You should be known as somebody who, my word is my bond, and then you mean it. That makes you a reliable person. And frankly, we all like reliable people. <laughs> and I think that if we can become people of character who yes is yes and no is no, it makes it easier to bring trust and healing in relationships. But I think we have to talk about kind of why people do this, why why we found that, okay, so my daughter loves Oreo cookies and she's got Oreo cookie all over her mouth. <laughs> and we're like, who ate the cookies? Because we're giving her an opportunity to be honest. And she's like, no, it wasn't me. It was what my brother. But you got cookie all over your face. We caught you. <laughs> why did she do that? Why do we make excuses and why do we protect and what is going on there with the heart of the person? We could probably list several reasons why, even as you just say, from a young age, you know, who broke the basement window of the baseball? Wasn't me. It was to you. You can still hear the glass <laughs> shattering in your head. When we're kids, in particular, we don't want to get into trouble. Yeah. But it's not that much different when we're grownups. We don't want to get into trouble. That's one reason we lie. A second reason might be, well, actually, we're embarrassed by something yeah. we did, and we really don't want to own up to it. <laughs> or maybe we hope somebody else will get the blame. That's the baseball break in the window. Maybe Billy down the street will get blamed for it, even though I did it. So maybe else, somebody else will take the fall. We just want to make the world convenient for us, so we bend it into oh, a shape. Yeah. you know. Or, frankly, we benefited from something we did wrong, and we don't want to own up to it because that benefit might get taken away from us if somebody finds out it was premised on a lie. And you know what, Daryl, through all of those, and we could maybe list a few more, there's one common theme, selfishness. Yeah, and it sounds like when you were naming those things that were going down, down, down into mm. more and more uh, problematic situations, and whether it be escaping consequences or a shame attached to it. But ever since the fall of humanity, we've been trying to preserve self. Mm. We've been trying to protect self. We've been trying to make self look bigger and yep. stronger and better than it should be, higher than it ought to be. And even we've got to a place where we deceive ourselves when we really don't even know that we're lying to ourselves. And that has been a situation that's happened a lot. Yeah. I mean, there are in life, and thankfully, very few people uh, qualify as a pathological liar. But there are people who just can't tell the truth, even when telling the truth wouldn't even hurt them. They just can't do it. And the weird thing about, and this is scary, actually. So the weird thing is about it is the more you separate yourself from the truth, the more you actually end up believing your own lies. So there's a famous example with President Lyndon B. Johnson. He was on like a three-minute bomber run in World War II on an airplane. Over time, this thing got embellished to like hours and hours of combat. <laughs> and he managed to finagle a, a silver cross service, which he wore on his lapel for the rest of his life. Every picture you ever see of Lyndon Johnson, that silver star uh, is on his lapel. And it's just all a lie. But it got to the point where he didn't even know it was a lie anymore. He actually remembered it happening that way, even though it was so far removed from the truth, it was ridiculous. Well, 
that's an extreme example. Most of us aren't quite that bad off. But it is interesting, Daryl, that, you know, we, we get trapped in the world of our own lies. And eventually, if you tell enough lies, you can't even keep track of them anymore. That's the, one of the problems of lying. you got to remember what you said yeah. <laughs> so you're consistent next time. Tr- truth tellers don't have to worry about that. But, yeah, if we recreate a world for ourselves, we can get trapped in that world, and the truth is not in us. So in the next segment, we want to expand on this commandment a bit and target the real problem we are having right now in society. So stay tuned. What does it mean to be a Christian and a fan of movies, music, television, and video games? I'm Josh Larson, editor of thinkchristian.net and host of the Think Christian podcast. I invite you to join us for faith-filled reflections on pop culture. Visit us at thinkchristian.net or search for the Think Christian podcast, where we'll be talking about what it means to be a follower of Christ, even in the playful moments of our lives. I'm Scott Jose, along with Daryl Delaney, and you're listening to Groundwork, where we're digging into Scripture as part of a look at the Ten Commandments, and on this particular program, the Ninth Commandment, you must not lie. Now, Daryl, a few times in this series, we have referenced that classic Reformed confessional document, the Heidelberg Catechism, and the Catechism does a nice job at deepening our understanding of each commandment and kind of giving us a positive spin on it. What I like about the Heidelberg Catechism is that it was designed to help form people in their faith and help them to understand what we are to know about Scripture and how we are to live. And so you got these Lord's Days that go through, and then you got this section on the Ten Commandments and the Lord's Prayer. And this particular question is about the Ninth Commandment. It says, what is the aim of the Ninth Commandment? And the answer, that I never give false testimony against anyone, twist no one's words, not gossip or slander, or join in condemning anyone rashly or without a hearing. Rather, in court and everywhere else, I should avoid lying and deceit of every kind. These are the very devices the devil uses, and they would call down on me God's intense wrath. Well, Daryl, I don't know about you, uh, but when I hear those words in the catechism, my thoughts turn immediately to just one thing, social media, Facebook, uh, Twitter. As we've all discovered, uh, these media platforms have become a haven of slander and of gossip and of twisting people's words. It's really powerful how the Heidelberg Catechism talks about gossip and slander, Mm. but we can take it another notch and call it libel because it's written written in those social media platforms, how things have taken out of context. They'll say part of a thing and it makes you look worse, but we won't say the rest of the thing you really meant to say. So that would actually clear your name and have you justified in what you said. And and if you're angry with someone or if you want to hurt someone, you go after their reputation, their profile. And that has been really painful for people to endure. And this, you heard about these social media bullying and things like that, where people are saying negative things and they're not even make they're making these things up in some cases. And it's really been painful for folks. In a lighter vein, it reminds me of a a scene on the TV show MASH when they're trying to motivate somebody to do something. They say, if you don't help us out, we're going to tell everybody your brother is in prison. And the person says, my brother's a warden. 
And they say, well, we won't say that part. All right. <laughs> you tell half a truth, uh, you, you can make people look really bad. And there's also the other thing that, you know, and this actually started a little bit, Daryl, when we all started using email. Mm-hmm. But it's gotten much more intense with Facebook and Twitter and maybe Instagram. Things we would never dare to say somebody if we were on the phone with them. Ah, yes. Much less if we were sitting down with them in person. Somehow we feel liberated to say on an email or in a Facebook post because it feels less personal. And so – People call each other idiots and and slobs and all kinds of terms, some which we couldn't even say on the radio, much less on a Christian show. And somehow people think it's okay. And it just reminds you, you had mentioned earlier in this program, Daryl James, who was very concerned, the Apostle James. And indeed, from his letter, many of us know this verse very well. The tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Ooh. James never spares the horses. <laughs> he always hits you right between the eyes. And it's interesting because, I mean, we all... St- Think about this when you've heard this saying, sticks and stones may break our bones, but words will never hurt me. Oh, man, that is the biggest lie I've ever that heard is in not my true. life. That's a lie. Uh, so. You know, in some cases, you'd rather take the stick or the stone yep. because there are some words that are really powerful that have been damaging and detrimental that some people are paying thousands of dollars in therapy to undo the emotional damage and scars from words that they heard even when they were children. So that is a lie. And it's still people who are healing right now from words that they were told that were lies, whether they were lied on or whether it was just negative in general. Yeah. And, you know, as pastors, Daryl, we've sometimes, you know, you talk to somebody who is 92 years old, their own mother has been dead for 30 years, and they can still hear their mother in their head saying that cutting thing they said 42 years ago, and it's never left them. They can never get over what mom said to me that one time. It haunts them for the rest of their days. That's how much words can cut. And so when the catechism associates slander and and gossip or, or lying or harsh rhetoric with this commandment on not lying, there's a good reason for that because lying at its heart hurts people very, very, very much. But the thing is that for the people who lie a lot, it can kind of become addictive. Intoxicating. Yeah, it's in, that's the word I was thinking for, intoxicating, because it makes you feel powerful. I will dictate your world, Daryl. I'm going to deprive you of the truth, tell you what I want you to believe, And, ooh, that gives me a little bit of a buzz because, you know, that's control. So then we see this all the time in marketing and media. We see where there's the smear ads and the campaigns and we see propaganda in history where people have been given this false narrative. And it has actually concluded in the masses where people, they have this ideology that has been formed in their minds. And the people who put that lie out there, those lies out there, it gives them a sense of power because they're manipulating a whole bunch of people at once. And this is the essence of the destruction of a lie. It didn't start. It's like a spark, like what James is saying. It can turn into this wildfire that can help men. It can hurt a whole society. It can hurt a whole group of people at one time. We've seen it. 
You know, the, no such book exists that I'm aware of, but if there were a book called The Tyrant's Guide for Dummies, <laughs> rule number one would be eliminate the free press. Eliminate the press. Eliminate TV stations where people just speak the truth. You need to control the media. You control the message. You control your people. And indeed, that has, has ruined whole societies and usually leads to killing people too, right? Because truth has a way of getting out there and people committed to the truth have a way of sticking in there. And sooner or later, tyrants kill those people because there's no other way to stop them. So some people just fear the truth. And, you know, I, we've seen in recent years, Daryl, the sad spectacle of Holocaust deniers, people who deny that the Holocaust ever even happened. Right. That's a lie. But they have a stake in people believing that lie, whatever that stake might be. I read an article just recently in The Atlantic about how increasingly there are a lot of people, particularly in the southern United States, who are rewriting history saying the Civil War had nothing to do with slavery. It wasn't about slavery at all. It's about something else. Well, that's not true. But the people telling that lie have a stake in it for yeah. some reason. It, it makes the world more comfortable for them. And again, we said earlier in the program, selfishness is clearly the main motive in lying. So that's all trouble. Uh, and it should motivate us uh, to tell the truth and love the truth and stand up for the truth. But also positively, what can we do? And as we close the program, Daryl, we'll take that up next. We're glad you've joined our Groundwork Conversation. If you're enjoying today's discussion and want to download or listen again, you can find the audio podcast and transcript for this episode on our website, groundworkonline.com. Want to dig deeper? You can also find episode guides and blogs available to supplement your study. Curious about another episode or series we've mentioned? Search our episode library to find hundreds of conversations about God's Word and what it means for God's people today. Add your voice to our Groundwork Conversation by visiting groundworkonline.com. And thank you. Support from listeners like you makes Groundwork possible. Welcome to Groundwork, where we dig into Scripture to lay the foundation for our lives. I'm Daryl Delaney. And I'm Scott Jose. We mentioned the Heidelberg Catechism earlier, Daryl, on its section on the Ninth Commandment. And here's how that part closes. We didn't read this part before. I should love the truth, speak it candidly, and openly acknowledge it. And I should do what I can to guard and advance my neighbor's good name. I should do what I can to guard and advance my neighbor's good name. That is a word for our age, Daryl. Oh, that was really powerful. Guard and advance. So I've seen so many cases where it's been the opposite of that, where we've tried to do what we could. And it's not a thing that we should be proud of, but we've actually unguarded people's names yeah. and made them look worse than they actually do. Um, but if we actually ask the question, if we're going to say something about someone, will this actually guard and advance their name? Well, maybe I shouldn't say it then, or maybe I shouldn't write it or post it then. And we have to look carefully and be discerning on that. You know, and you see this on social media. So, I mean, you may disagree with whoever the president of the United States is at any given time. You might disagree on this and that. You might disagree with almost everything. Okay, that's legit. People disagree on on issues. That's okay. But that doesn't justify calling the president dirty names or suggesting that he's in charge of a secret organization that does terrible things or suggesting that his religious faith is fake. If you don't know those things for sure, and mostly they don't, then you're just dragging the president's name through the mud for your own personal gain. You're not guarding and advancing his good name. Disagree all you want, but to you know, assassinate someone's character and good name 
that is something that the Ninth Commandment also forbids because it, too, is, of course, a form of lying. I've seen this happen in situations of race and uh, people of color in mm. general whose names have been denigrated and disrespected over lies. And it's not okay to do that under the guise of the First Amendment and freedom of speech. Freedom of speech doesn't mean you say whatever you want. It means that you say it, but you can't say respectfully what you need to say. So there's a way to disagree is what I'm saying. But you don't have to, because you don't like a person, add to their character in a negative way. Um, but you also have to understand that as the person who has a character of God, we need to look in our hearts on why we want to do that. So this is a thing that's going to take us to a soul searching place on why we think we need to do that. Yeah. What motivated me to say that or write that? And, you know, we've, we've touched here and there in this series, Daryl, on um, the seven deadly sins and how a lot of them. So in the previous program, we talked about stealing and we said that greed, yeah. which is a, or avarice. But we also said that envy can lead one to steal. Envy can also lead you to lie. One of the things that happens in envy is there's somebody, usually a near rival, a peer, somebody a lot like you, who does something a little bit better than you do. And you don't like that. And so you, you try to knock her down a few pegs. So Marge is somebody at your church who, who cooks and bakes way better than you do. Everybody compliments her apple pies at the potluck more than yours. <laughs> well, okay. So then you're tempted to say, well, yeah, Marge makes excellent apple pies. But I hear she's got major problems with that one daughter of hers. And let me tell you. And then you go on with gossip and rumor to try to take Marge down a few pegs in other people's eyes. We get on the rumor mill. We tear down somebody's good name. Uh, somebody told me that. And there you go. Uh, we're not guarding and advancing our neighbor's good name anymore. Yeah, it's interesting because if people praise that person, instead of being genuinely happy for Marge in this situation, we'll say, well, Marge's pies aren't all that. They actually have a few flaws in them or a few lumps in them or whatever. But we really aren't thinking that we're putting someone in their place, but it actually takes value away from us when we do that. And this falsehood is something Paul specifically told us not to do in the book of Ephesians in chapter four. And it says this, therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And then he says, get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. So it's so interesting that kindness and compassion are Paul's antidotes to lying and to gossip and to rumor and slander and dragging people's names through the mud. Just be kind. It's that simple. You know, I write a, a blog, and um, a while back, somebody in the commentary section of the blogs, which probably I should learn not to look at, but anyway, I do anyway. <laughs> but anyway, he tried to belittle me and impugn my character, and he accused me of some stuff that was just plainly false, and a few people came to my defense. But a good friend of mine who, who commented on that uh, chain, too, and tried to defend me, he later said to me, you know, that person wrote what he did because he forgot the simple advice that my grandmother always gave me. Before you open your mouth to say something, ask yourself, is it true? Is it helpful? Is it kind? And if the answer to any of those questions is no, then keep your mouth shut. Don't send that email. Don't post that thing on Facebook. 
And if we did actually do that, I think it would keep us away from the temptation to defame a character or lie on a person. But we also need to remember the fact that this isn't the character that God has called us to live in. In the kingdom of God and the fellowship with one another, it's most important that we remember who we serve. And our God is a God of truth. Exactly. And, you know, John said it in his first letter, the first epistle of John, First John, he says, you know, if you deceive yourself, if you lie, the truth isn't in you. And if the truth isn't in you, you can't be one with Jesus because he is true. Jesus said, I am the way, yeah. the truth and the life. So when we separate ourselves from the truth, we separate ourselves from Jesus. You know, uh, the light can't have fellowship with the darkness. The, the falsehoods cannot have fellowship with the truth. That's just how important it actually is. And I think it's important for us to remember, Scott, as we wrap this segment up in this episode, that the truth is not just what we do and what we say. The truth is a person and his Mm. name is Jesus. And if we want to be in fellowship with him, then we need to make sure that we live in truth. Exactly. He is the truth. We have fellowship with him and now we need to live like we know that. Thanks be to God. Thanks for listening and digging deeply into Scripture with the Groundwork. We're your hosts, Scott Jose and Daryl Delaney, and we hope you'll join us again next time as we discuss the last of the Ten Commandments you must not covet. Connect with us at groundworkonline.com, our website, to share what Groundwork means to you or tell us what you'd like to hear discussed next on Groundwork. Groundwork is a listener-supported program produced by Reframe Ministries. Visit reframeministries.org for more information. Our recording engineer is Dodd Morris, and our post-production supervisor is John Reeder. Our senior producer is Courtney Jacobs.